I think we see a lot of ebbs and flows in the design and construction industry. It's really easy to say niche and focus until you get into like really lean times. When all of a sudden there isn't a lot of work out there, then that's where we tend to see people start to stray. The highest performing companies that I see, the ones that have been really, really successful over time, they really know what to say no to, even in those lean times. And I've always said, I think you say a whole lot more about yourself and your company by what you say no to than what you say yes to, because saying yes is pretty easy. Saying no when there's not a lot of work out there, that's, that's a lot tougher. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'd love to hand it straight to you. Why don't you do a little introduction introduction to yourself and tell the world uh, who you are? Yeah, uh, Aaron Henderson, uh, Stack Construction Technologies. Uh, we're kind of an end-to-end platform, primarily focused on uh, trade subcontractors. So a uh, huge industry in construction, uh, kind of my whole background, uh, spent a lot of time consulting with architects, engineers, contractors um, all over the world. And uh, more recently, I've moved over to the technology side. So it's been fun to bring uh, kind of some of that business background into uh, the technology uh, side to uh, to kind of tie together some of the business problems these guys face with uh, with technology that can kind of help them. So um, that's that's me. Awesome. Well, tell me, I'm curious because that's it's a, that's a pretty big leap to go from being in the more, the more traditional construction space. And I don't know what your role was there. Cause mm-hmm. I, even that, like you can say I was in the construction industry, but like, yeah. that's a big space. There's lots of different hats. I was literally having dinner with a friend of mine who's now retired mm-hmm. and he, he was in the construction space for 40 years. Right. And I was like, well, what was your first job? And he goes, I was literally the guy responsible for being up on the high rises, aligning the steel. Right. Um, yeah. And so that too, him being an executive in, you know, in Turner or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so tell me what was your role in that world? And then, yeah. then I would love to jump to what has it been like to transition into technology, but let's first talk about what, what your role was or what your experience yeah. was. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was really cool. I came out of school. Um, I actually had a business management degree, a construction management degree, I uh, never really actually thought that the two would, would totally align, but um, interestingly enough, was able to get connected up with uh, a consulting firm that focused, one of a few consulting firms that focused primarily um, on the AEC industry, so architects, engineers, and contractors. Yeah. So the first part of my career, probably the first decade really, was working with uh, these folks. And it was everything from you know relatively small firms up to some of the largest uh, in the industry. But it was really around primarily like strategy and operational efficiency. Um, so uh, a lot of these folks, even the biggest companies um, came out and a lot of times it might have been a, a second generation, third generation type company where these guys grew up in the trade, swinging hammers. They understood the trade really well, but maybe didn't understand kind of the business side behind it as much. Um, and my real, my personal passion with those, with the two degrees, especially was, uh, was kind of the business side of it. So, um, it was really cool. I got to work with these guys of everything from really high end strategy of mission and vision and values and those types of things clear down to kind of how we execute and, uh, can be more efficient actually on the job site. So. I was joking with a friend recently, cause we've, uh, as you know, we've been kind of focused into this AEC space mm-hmm. and, and what I've, what I've been so surprised of it is like, I want to meet a company that's less than a hundred years old. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. it's so, it's incredible to me how many of either our clients or the, the folks that we've been talking to, or even the small firms yeah. that it's like, yeah, it was my great grand, great, great grandfathers or whatever. Yeah. It's been passed down through the generations, which yeah. name another industry that's, that can, that can say that uh, in right. that volume. 
No, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, and and as much as I think you know, I like to think that we're advancing and stuff, there's there's a lot of our uh, I think our mindset and stuff that maybe goes back to some of those early days. So it's still uh, a hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In some in some ways, like I say, we're we're definitely moving a little bit and changing some things, but uh, but definitely maybe some old school thought out there still. We'll go into that a little bit. So before we jump over to Stack and kind of learning what that transition yeah. to technology has been like, tell me a little bit of what were some of the things when you were consulting with those firms and you were you were looking at companies that have been around for a long time or you were looking at companies that are trying to figure out how do we how do we be more efficient? How do we be how would we operationalize this? And also, how do we know where we're going when yeah. the reality is we're just we're lucky to get the next job. We execute on the job well. We hope that, you know, errors in more jobs. Um, what were some of the things that you found as common themes across those firms that you were able to address? Yeah, I think some of the some of the earliest things were kind of to your point. I mean, people were really good at doing work and they just kind of assumed that whatever work they were doing, if they did a good job, it would lead to the next project. And I think that's kind of you know, a little bit of the, um, you know, where the industry comes from, um, especially when things are kind of more local, regional, you know, that that works really well. Uh, I think one of the biggest things we found was that a lot of times, you know, you build a school, so now you can build, you know, a, a manufacturing facility. So now you can, and people were kind of spreading themselves then. They were going in a lot of different areas. Um, and there, there wasn't as much when I first kind of got into it, this idea of like specializing and people really kind of being known for certain things. And so, a lot of the work that we did was try to help companies understand where they performed really, really well um, mm -hmm. and grow that like a specific niche or a specific market. Um, so we worked with, uh, I think of like architects in, in particular, where we had a, an architect that um, was really great, really understood how education worked and the education system had built a lot of schools. And so we really kind of helped them home uh, message and, uh, and focus in. And so now instead of just being this local sort of jack of all trades, we took that message and they're able to go nationally where they're able to help schools and, um, you know, go into even higher education and some of those kinds of things. So a lot of it was really understanding them, what, what was kind of their core, what they did really great. And then being able to sort of craft this strategy behind it of, of helping them get into more markets that reflected what they were good at um, was a big deal. Oh, I think that's huge. Uh, we run into that. I mean, even I, I, there's a lot of parallels in my mind with the the software industry as there is yeah. with the construction industry, because I mean, in some ways we're all service companies trying to figure out how to get another client, build those relationships, deliver on our services, make sure we're hitting the results, et cetera. Right. And uh, so we feel a lot of those same pain points in and people always say niche, 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 right? Because mm -hmm. uh, yep. you, know, you can have a specialty and expertise, be famous for something. And honestly, a lot of the firms that we're talking to now, albeit some of them are like, you know, billion dollar enterprise yeah. services firms. And so they might have divisions, but in mm -hmm. general, they have yeah. really started to say, we're going to, we're going to shut off that division or we're going to shut off yeah. this division and we're going to go to where the money is, where the opportunity is, where the expertise is. Um, several of them are chasing data right now, right? Building like mm -hmm. data warehousing to building, uh, energy resourcing for data warehousing, all these types of things. Um, that's a pretty common thing to niche down, albeit, man, it's really hard because you make hay where the sun shines. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Very common term in the industry for sure. And I think, you know, it's it's really tough. I think some industries may be easier to focus than others. I think we see a lot of ebbs and flows in the design and construction industry. And so it's it's really easy to say niche and focus until you get into like really lean times. And it's, it's, you know, when all of a sudden there isn't a lot of work out there, uh, then that's where we tend to see people start to stray. So, yeah, I think the, the, the highest performing companies that I see, the ones that have been really, really successful over time, they, they really know 
what to say no to, uh, even in those lean times. And I've always said, I think you say a whole lot more about yourself and your company by what you say no to than what you say yes to, because saying yes is pretty easy. Saying no when there's not a lot of work out there, that's that's a lot tougher. So I'm totally guilty of that. And it is uh, is really, really difficult. Okay, so let's talk about your transition. So you yeah. decided to kind of step out of the consulting world or in this more specifically construction yeah. space into technology, but still technology yeah. is definitely serving that space. So what what was the what was the impetus that um, that transition, and also what has that transition been like? Yeah, yeah, no, it, I, kind of an interesting transition. So uh, one was um, so within the consulting firm that I was working for, one of the biggest uh, sort of trends in consulting at the time was this idea of of trying to move consulting out of just being a service, and a lot of uh, consulting firms were trying to find figure out how to sort of apply technology themselves and yeah. build more of like a product offering, and so. One of the projects I actually worked on for my firm was building out kind of a goal management system for um, a lot of our customers. So we we would go in, we would build you know mission, vision, values, get to these you know big strategic objectives, um, and then we'd have these sort of tactics and things we were trying to track or milestones that we had. So we actually built an in-house um, product um, that we used and rolled out to a number of our clients, and so got really excited behind the technology there. I think the other side of it was though. Part of our strategy for a lot of our customers was helping them find technologies that made them more successful um, yeah. because a lot of times the biggest thing that we could do was help them to implement um, technologies or find technologies that could be kind of the backbone of the company um, or set maybe even like some parameters or guide rails for how the company operated. So we spent a lot of time doing that, um, which, you know, between those two things, I think made it a a pretty easy transition. So I was really fortunate probably about uh, six, seven years ago, maybe a little longer at this point. Um, I got connected with uh, a project management software, uh, CEO of a project management software company um, in our space um, and ultimately ended up coming over and leveraging some of my consulting background and, and industry ties um, to help them grow that. So that was kind of my entry into uh, what we call contact or construction technology. Um, yeah. And kind of took that. We uh, we were really fortunate. We grew that company really quickly. Um, we we actually were able to exit that, and then uh, a few years ago, I was able to come over to Stack and and continue to kind of grow what they're doing here, which is great too. Well, tell me what are what are some of the common things? So a lot of people don't know construction is one of those funny things where it's it's all around us, mm -hmm. and unless you're in that space, it's yeah. one of those things where I don't know how that building or got built. I don't know how that school got built. I don't know how that multi-unit, like massive property sleeps like theirs are everywhere right now, how yeah. those got built. Um, I just know that they're there. I use them. I go to them. I'm waiting for them. They cause a mess while they're around. Um, but yeah. <laughs> tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about what what are some of the things that contact or construction tech or AC yeah. tech has yeah. been addressing or that you found um, technology really was not just one of those like novelty things that was nice to have, but actually really started to change the way the work was getting done. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, one of the most unique things about construction compared to a lot of other industries is the number of stakeholders that are involved in any particular job. So, you know, if you think of manufacturing in manufacturing, you may have a handful of vendors, but you, you kind of have this, you know, sort of standardized streamlined sort of process that you follow. Um, and you have certain people that you work with regularly in construction Every project is unique and different, and there are different stakeholders on each job. You're working with new teams all the time. And so there are just a number of different people from owners to architects, to engineers, to 
general contractors and trade contractors. We just have all these different stakeholders who are involved in, in you know, evolving all the time, changing all the time. So um, while if you own the whole process kind of end to end the whole value chain, it's one thing for you to sort of implement and embed your technologies or do things mm -hmm. you want to do the way you want to do it. Um, I think for construction, you now have all these sort of disconnected systems and processes that, you know, while the general contractor may want to use this system, you have trade contractors and engineers and architects that want to use their own systems. So I think one of the biggest challenges that we've kind of faced as an industry has just been, um, you know, how we how we bring all of these things together. We can't just standardize on one thing. Um, and I think we've generally seen productivity in, in construction hasn't really kept up with a lot of other industries that are out there. I think I think that's a lot of it. Um, I do think we start to see some of that sort of come full circle or we're, we're catching up, but it's definitely an area that's that's still playing a little bit of catch up. Well, there's definitely the big players in this space, you know, the the kind of ones that own certain parts of it, whether it's Autodesk or Procore or these types right. of things that kind of have this like lion share that what almost feels like a monopoly on the industry. But then yeah. there's these up, you know, these these smaller organizations that are hitting these unique value props, uh, maybe approaching mm -hmm. it in different ways. Yeah. Um, who I guess maybe it's with what Stack is doing or what you're mm -hmm. seeing or others are doing. Who are you watching that you're going, oh, this is, they're taking an interesting approach to this um, in, a, in a space that you said is catching up, but also starting to get mature, starting to see the opportunity for it. And again, you got so many people involved. Mm -hmm. um, who's doing interesting work right now? Or maybe what's being done that's interesting is maybe a better way to ask it. You know, I think it's, it is interesting because we're playing so much catch up. Honestly, the most interesting thing for a long time was just simply us sort of getting up to speed with everything that was yeah. happening. So, um, you know, even with some of the biggest firms that, you know, we, we work with, um, there's a lot of things that were still done by like pen and paper and those kinds of things. Yeah. So a lot of it was just simple, like project management. Um, you know, you mentioned Procore and some of those guys. So, you know, I think we, um, uh, you know, those, those are kind of at least starting to become the standard where people actually have a, a project management system. Um, I think this idea of moving from these like point solutions to kind of cohesive end to end solutions has started mm -hmm. to be a bigger and bigger deal. Um, you know, I think we also, we see probably the most innovation in the industry come from uh, maybe some of the smaller, like early stage tech companies where, you know, they're starting to bring in new technologies. Like we've gotten this far without saying AI, but uh, some of the things that are starting to happen with, with AI and, um, and some of those, uh, some of those kinds of, uh, of, of things are starting to push, uh, push stuff faster. Um, the other one that's a really big deal for us is uh, the idea of like building modeling. Um, and so, you know, Autodesk is doing a lot with uh, with building modeling and some of those yep. kinds of things. It's been something that even in my time in the industry, you know, we were you know, I'm going on 20 years in the industry. And every year we've talked about that these models, are, this is the year for models. And it feels like we're getting closer to that here 20 years later than we are, you know, but we're 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 starting to move with some of this to where um if we can work from kind of standardized models or, or certain things, then all of us can kind of start to see a project even maybe before the project actually gets built. So um, some really cool things like visual, visualization um, and like actually leveraging models to walk job sites um, before you're actually building the the physical building. Um, so some getting kind of into digital twins and, you know, AR and all yeah. these things that yeah. really can help us make better decisions exactly. earlier rather than making expensive decisions on site. Right. That's exactly it. That's a, it's a huge thing for us, for sure. Yeah. Well, tell me in the audience as well, uh, talk a little bit about what Stack does. What's what's yeah. kind of your unique value prop in the world and how do you approach it? 
Yeah, kind of to the point you just made. So um, with construction, the the earlier that you can make decisions and changes, um, the better, right? Because you're not having to reconstruct something out in the field. So um, that's really what Stack is is uh, heavily focused on. So we are we started as a, a pre-construction platform. So we help contractors, uh, architects, and engineers early in the in the project to better understand the project, review blueprints, um, see what they're doing estimate the project so they can come up with their budgets and have an idea of what they're mm -hmm. doing. Um, and then we actually have products that allow us to push all of that out to the field so that as we execute on that project, we're able to kind of track and see what's happening with that project uh, throughout. So um, so we spend a lot of time in that pre-construction phase, just trying to make sure that we lay the groundwork to make sure the project's as successful as we can early on. Um, we have some statistics and things that say, you know, if you if you fix it in pre-construction, um, you know, there's almost no change to the cost of the project. But if you do it once it's out in the field, it could be a 10x cost Golly. addition. So, yeah, it can get it can get really costly if we have to go out and tear out work that we've already done and bring crews back out to a job and things like that. So. That is where technology and construction is a little bit different. I mean, there's I mean, there's tech debt and there's there's tech rework when we think about rewriting code. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, we can we can usually re uh, redeploy in a, a course yeah. of a day or so, not in the course yeah. of weeks or months. Yeah, I've never thought of uh, I've never thought of our, our technical debt in the field. I like that. I think that's yeah. If we looked at it that way, it'd probably be uh, not a bad way to approach it. So. Yeah, exactly. OK, well, I'm curious, what are what are some of the areas that you are when you're whether it's through stack or through your own point of view, okay. where are areas that you think, man, the, the construction industry, we are catching up. Right, yeah. we're getting there to where we're, we're better project management, better data visual, or better uh, uh, site visualization, better pre-construction management and, and, and estimations. Yeah. Where are there still gaps? Where are there the areas that you think, man, we we still we need to close this gap? Where there's still opportunity here uh, with the yeah. tools, with the the space that we could we could could be doing better. Yeah, I think you know as much as we I, you know I just talked about the models and the work kind of early days of that. I think I think the better job that we can do to understand projects before we really get into them. I think that's, I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, we start to see these models and this kind of concept on some of the biggest healthcare projects and some of the mega projects. Um, but I think ideally we'll start to see that come down into kind of our more typical everyday jobs to where we better understand them before we actually get into them. Um, I think the other side of it is um, you'll hear a lot in our industry, um, this, this concept of moving to, uh, prefabrication and actually even some uh, more like manufacturing type ideas um, that are that are really big. So um, probably the most difficult place to try to build anything is on site out in the field where you've got weather conditions and delays and all kinds of other things that are happening. But if we can take some of those concepts and move them into more of a factory setting um, mm -hmm. where we do have kind of more defined processes that we follow. I think we're starting to see a lot more of that. I think that's probably one of the biggest opportunities that we've got right now. Um, we talk a lot in the trades about the lack of skilled labor that we have. Oh, um, yeah. With so many kids these days going into uh, to kids these days, um, aging myself. But, uh, you know, so many people want to be in desk jobs and they want to be you know behind a computer doing those kinds of things. And we don't see as much interest of people wanting to be out in the field. They think of it as, you know, really difficult, tough work. And a lot of times because because it is. So I think if we can move some of that um, off site where we're where we're starting to do that in, in more of a controlled setting, uh, it's going to be a really, really big thing for the industry as a whole, um, get people in conditions that are safer and, and better for them, better working environments. 
um, and then hopefully speed up the progress of the jobs once they're actually on site. So, yeah, it's interesting. We're, we we've been having a con conversation recently as we're focused in on services, and this is you know, take construction as one example of that, but even with yeah. IT or data management or all these other places, everyone's looking for a way to productize their service, right? Mm -hmm. okay. You want to get greater return on investment on yeah. not just the hour, but yeah. um, potentially on something that could scale beyond the hour. So less cost in more, more revenue or more profit out. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is a, that's a good example. That prefab side of things is, is an opportunity for them to kind of basically be productizing what they used to quote unquote custom build yeah. um, each time. And yeah. now saying, you know what, that building and that building aren't that different. Right. Right. Um, yep. You know, what's inside is maybe a little different size, a little bit different, but uh, effectively the walls are the same, the the yeah. foundation is the same. Um, what if we didn't rethink this each time? Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I think there's a huge opportunity there. There definitely is. And and some project types make uh, more sense for it, right, than others. Like if you've got a multifamily project where you have a lot of units that are the same, if you have a hospital where you have a lot of units that are the same, yep. um, you know, we're even seeing it into, uh, uh, I mentioned education and higher education earlier, but you know, a lot of schools and the buildings that are needed for for uh, schools are, are similar. And so we see a lot of where we may reuse uh, similar floor plans and things like that, but we kind of change up the facade for, you know, the given area that, that the project's actually being built in. So yeah, yeah we're definitely yeah. seeing more of it. Okay. So I'm curious now that you're on the inside of the technology side of things, yeah. I mean, even going back to your consulting days, where where are there areas that you think technology companies were chasing opportunities mm -hmm. to, to serve AEC, but were mm -hmm. maybe missing the mark, right? Maybe they were they were going after saying technology will solve all these problems for you. But in reality, it's like, you know what, a sticky note on a wall and a phone call to a subcontractor <laughs> actually works better. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm throwing that out as, as we often talk about technology is kind of the end all be all for all things. Right. But where, where did you see missteps in maybe the technology industry chasing things that were like, nah, or maybe just, yeah. just two degrees off? Yeah. You know, I think we see uh, it's, it's always like uh, two steps forward, one step back kind of a thing, but definitely it might be like, you know, two steps forward, one and a half steps back sometimes in construction. But, you know, we, we deal with, um, a lot of frontline people who are out in the field, like getting their hands dirty. And so technology, a lot of times um, may be a little bit slower for them to adapt. And I think, yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the missteps maybe that I saw were things that work in typical technology um, industries or, you know, for, for typical technology audiences aren't necessarily the same things that work for contractors and how they operate and what they do. Um, so it's been interesting to see sort of this combination of, you know, there was a big push for a long time of, well, if we just bring in these SaaS founders and these SaaS people who understand SaaS software, it'll work. It'll work just like it's worked in every other industry that we've gone into. And we realized pretty quickly in, in construction that that's not always the case. Um, it's yeah. definitely sort of a merging of those two, right? So it's, it's getting, you know, for us going and sitting down with the contractors themselves that are out doing it and better understanding kind of how they operate. Um, you know, working from an iPad when you're sitting behind a desk is one thing, but when you're out in the weather and the elements, you know, when the sun's blaring on the screen and you're trying yeah. to do the things you need to do, totally a different thing. So, um, you know, I think, I think for us, that's kind of been the biggest thing is just trying to figure out how we, how we bring those two um, those two things together so that we're really serving the people out in the field and making their lives better, um, not just necessarily kind of like trying to shove a, a software uh, 
uh, you know, into what they do. So we were working on a project recently that was dealing with, um, evaluation of, um, stuff inside of industrial environments. So like oil mm. grid, uh, oil, oil, um, containers and things like that. Big, yeah. big construction environments. Yeah. And one of the things we, we were talking about is the fact that these guys are wearing big gloves cause they're out mm. of, you know, you know, and it's like, how do you touch the iPad when you've got massive gloves that yeah. are keeping you safe from the environment you're in, which yeah. is interesting. I think what I hear there is there's a challenge both environmentally, right? Mm -hmm. So the context of, Hey, we're out here in the workforce. We've got sun, we've got, um, you know, like you said, weather, we've got yeah. mud, mess, whatever in construction yeah. materials. And then on the other side of it, you have the challenge of, but we need the data, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so there is this a little bit of a, a bifurcation of of needs, if you will, yeah. of how do we get the data we need, which is you know, scheduling, material, cost, equipment, people, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, when the you know the world is against us in some ways, yeah. what are some yeah. what are some ways that you've seen that be addressed or seen that be um, at least find a compromise in that? Yeah, no, it's it's a huge deal. And I mean, when we talk about data, like to your, you know, you mentioned that of like post-it notes and it's it's right on. I mean, in, in some of these things we see tickets are written up on paper and, uh, you know, one of the key people on a project may have a binder full of paper documents that they're keeping. And so um, not exactly data that we can like leverage and use on the next project. So, um, you know, I think one of them is just simply trying to better understand how we can make technology work for those guys and trying to make them comfortable uh, yeah. using technology. I think for us, one of the biggest things, too, has been um, sort of this in construction. We tend to have a lot of uh, sort of heroes on the job site where like as long as I do things my way, like I know that we can be successful. And I think. In a way, we've got some old school thinking that way where we tend to be a little bit risk adverse. We tend to be afraid of change. Um, we we tend to be afraid of being wrong or messing something up. And so I think what we're really starting to see, and I think hopefully one of the biggest changes that's happening in our industry, at least, is that the more we accept change, the more we accept risk, the more we accept being wrong and being okay with that and kind of moving on. Um, you know, I think people are now starting to adapt things and adopt new ways of doing things faster. Um, and so, you know, we start to see some of the old guys where you put an iPad in their hand and they start, you know, they start working with it. And if, if, if we approach it the right way and we've done it well, where they're comfortable using it and, you know, and they can quickly kind of see a few wins. And, you know, I think that's where we can really start to bridge that gap where if we can start to get them into it, get them comfortable with it, if we can mirror the ways that they operate more closely, where they're more comfortable just day one. Then I think all of a sudden, I mean, they can see, you know, if they see that it's going to be efficient, that it's going to work well, they'll do it. And if we can start to get them to capture it in a way that we can actually get data out of it. I mean, that's the that's kind of the goal, I think, for everybody. Um, so, you know, we spend a lot of time. I, I talk about a lot of a customer of ours where um, they they put in fire protection uh, systems throughout these giant, massive buildings and. When they were estimating projects, they did it all by hand. They would use highlighters and they have these big sets of blueprints that, you know, you don't know how many trees were wasted printing these things off. And they'd go through and they retrace all these things by hand. And so we we literally took video of kind of how they were operating, what they were doing. And then we went back and we we really sort of configured certain things behind the scenes within our platform to mirror exactly how they were operating. And so yeah. now all of a sudden we said, hey, when you're doing this line with a highlighter, this is how you would do it within stack. 
they could kind of connect those two things a little quicker. And then it doesn't take them nearly as long to be able to say, hey, okay, I, can, I, I might actually be able to do that. Um, and then once they start doing it, all of a sudden it's, it, they're way faster. We're collecting data. We're able to kind of like, you know, really kind of move things fat forward a little faster, which is great. So, well, what I love about that too, is that, I mean, the, the name of the podcast, right? People, a product, it, it, yeah. it focuses on the fact that oftentimes, especially in this industry or, or more traditional industries, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call that as, yeah, yeah. they view technology as a threat, right? And so right. it, it well, is that thing going to take my job, right? Like mm -hmm. I've been doing it this way for forever. And it's not to say that like, it is the best way to do it, but I just don't want someone else to do it a different way because I have purpose. I have meaning. I have value because yeah. I, I can, I can write it down the way that I used to. And you introducing a way that says, no, we see you, we hear you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not trying to scare you. This is going to feel familiar is a brilliant way to approach designing or building a product that actually meets the customer where they're at. And then, yeah. then as you make those little micro steps as uh, iterations yeah. inside the product where they're at, they're like, oh, okay, well, that's just a little change. No big deal. Instead yeah, right. of, oh, you're asking me to work a different way and yep. using it a different tool. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. No. And it's, you know, a lot of that, I said, like I said, kind of goes back to uh, that hero syndrome kind of thing where it's like, if I can control everything, like that's how I'm most valuable. I think that's where I'm able to actually bridge a little bit of what we did in consulting and trying to help people understand mm. like the purpose of the organization versus like, I just want to get this job done and I want to control this job. So if you can kind of help the people on the front lines understand how what they're doing isn't just about this particular job, but rather sort of what we're doing as an organization to make the world better. Now, all of a sudden, like what I hold tight to and what's most important and what makes me the hero isn't necessarily like this collection of documents that I keep under my arm, but it's, yes. it's, it's like, Hey, if, if we can really do this well, we can move to the next project. We can grow the next generation and we're all doing something that's actually making the world a better place. I think that's a totally different view and sort of kind of gets people hopefully to open up a little bit um, and, and kind of let go maybe of some of the things that they used to hold tight to, which is great. So. I love it. Yeah. Well, Okay, uh, well, I want to wrap up because we're gonna. I want to land the plane a little bit here. This is fascinating because we, we covered a lot of ground already. Um, yeah. So, what's something as you're looking ahead, whether it's a problem to be fixed or a you know something that's happening in front of us right now? We don't. You know, we teased it AI. We talked yeah. a little about AR and you know yeah. whatever. What's is there something whether it's in technology or the construction industry at whole uh, at large? What's something yeah. you're excited about right now? What's what, what's getting you pumped? You know, honestly, it's funny. We all, like, especially in tech, I think we go into the new year and everybody's kind of going, uh, you know, what's the big theme for for the year and those kinds of things. Sure. So I'm yeah. always kind of thinking from those perspectives. But, uh, you know, I think for me beyond, any, there's a ton of great things, really cool things happening with AI and a lot of really great technology things that are happening everywhere. I think for me personally, for for our industry, it's this, and, and all, uh, hopefully a lot of other traditional kind of industries, I think it's it, sort of this mindset shift. Um, we tend to be kind of a, a very old school, uh, old white guy kind of a, a place. And I think for us trying to attract people, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You have um, kids who are super excited about construction when they're growing up and they're wearing hard hats and doing all these things. But then somehow we kind of lose uh, that excitement as they get older and they find other things that they want to go into. And so for me, it's just trying to figure out how do we how do we keep this industry really, really exciting? And I think we're starting to see this shift where. Um, we're bringing in, you know, more females to the industry and we're bringing yeah. in people of, of color and this whole diversity thing where we're actually getting to this place where we're getting the best thought, not just our same old thought. And so um, for me, it's just it's 
continuing to kind of see that evolve, um, see things that are happening from that standpoint and really kind of seeing a mind, mindset sort of shift um, in the industry. Um, I think that's probably the single most exciting for, thing for me, uh, hands down. So um, we're trying to recruit from everywhere. If we can get more people excited about construction, get more people into the industry, get them the technologies they need. Um, those are the things I, I think have me most excited right now, for sure. That's uh, it's a perfect response. I love the idea that not only getting people excited about like it can be really exciting work. Yeah. And also, how do we introduce it to maybe people that traditionally don't get get exposure to the opportunity? That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 awesome. I and mean, we do really great things. We build the coolest buildings. We build the coolest structures. People see the things that we do every day. They're there. They're there for usually a really long time. Um, so, uh, so yeah, no, hopefully we can get more people excited and, and into this industry. We, we need all the, uh, all the help, all the thought that we can get. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Aaron, I want to, um, I want to roll out the red carpet for you. Tell people a little bit more about where they can learn more about what you're working on, what yeah. stacks working on, um, where they can, where they can find out more about you. Yeah. Um, always love, uh, you know, talking about stack, what we do, um, uh, what's happening in the industry. Um, so, uh, people are welcome to reach out to me anytime. Uh, Aaron, a Henderson at stackct.com. Uh, you can go to stackct.com and kind of see a little bit of what we do. Um, but I'm always here. Anything that people are doing with technology or any way I can help, um, super excited, um, to, to do that. So reach out anytime. Awesome. Well, I always like to end with saying thank you because honestly, I think what I, I get the pleasure to talk to lots of people in different industries and in different focuses. And uh, one of the reasons I love this being called people of product and not just like how to build technology is the fact yeah. that it's, it's always a human being behind the intentional work to make either our industries better, our companies better, uh, people's lives better. And so thank you for the intentional work that you're doing uh, because I think it's really important and, and the world should say thank you back every once in a while. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, George. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a design consultancy that helps forward-thinking leaders discover, understand, and execute on their greatest opportunities. Learn more at crema.us.